of the Bill Michaels Show. Coming up, Ben Kenny's going to be a happy guy. Tell you why here in a minute. Here's a question, and I have no idea. So I am going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the knowledge of the the listenership. Uh, I because I don't know. Uh, this one is from Chris, who says, uh, "Hey, unit, listening to you right now outside, pulling in my new Adirondack chairs. Not sure if I should stain them or not, or do I need to seal them? They are made of cedar." First of all, um, I, I guess it's because the rain's coming. I would assume is what you're saying. You got to go out and get your new Adirondack chairs. I then he had a question mark. I have no idea. I have no idea. I I I only own two Adirondack chairs that are wood. The rest of mine are the cheap plastic ones. It looks like a party, but at any point in time, you know, you can go over in those things. <laughs> Just saying. And I have. I have, but I, I have no idea. I don't I don't have this is a sports talk show. I have no idea about wood care. Believe it or not, Bill, I while I don't know much about homeowning and lawn care and th- things along yes. those lines, I do know that you are supposed to stay in your new Adirondack chairs. Are you really? Okay. I I did not know that. Now, uh what happens if they get wet? You are, are also ruined? you're supposed to put some sort of water finish on it anti-water finish okay don't know what it's called okay like water sealer right I believe. okay i have i have no idea this is completely new to me so i'm i'm relying upon those that are more knowledgeable i have two of the wood slash cedar whatever they are adirondack chairs that i recently got um but they've been out in the weather I don't think I've stained them, but then again, maybe they have a stain on them. I couldn't honestly tell you. And the rest of mine are all that cheap plastic that birds poop all over, and you can just blast them off. It doesn't destroy them by any means, but their life is increased with the stain and stuff. Okay. Now, do they have a – here's the next question. Do you have to paint it on, or is there a spray you can spray it on? I have always painted. Okay. Because if you can't get down into the nooks and cranny of the thing, then does it really do it justice if the if the water is seeping into areas that isn't stained? I'm just throwing it out there. Hmm. Completely off track yet. Very usable information. No idea. And if somebody knows, let us know. Give us a shout. Be happy to uh, share some wood wood tips. But Ben says you got to stain those things. Okay. So, Chris, don't take my word for it. Take Ben's word for it. He's done it. Here's some uh, happiness for you, Ben. Uh, Pro Football Focus. The, uh, the 2022 NFL Offensive Line Rankings for the upcoming season, your Philadelphia Eagles are number one. Not a significant surprise. Projected starting lineup. Uh, has them overall number one. There may not be a single below-average starter along the Eagles' offensive line. Pair that with arguably the best tackle duo in the NFL. There's no debate about which team's offensive line belongs at number one heading into the 2022 season. Malata's uh, incredible development at left tackle. It's un- it's understated, uh, and it can't be understated. After not playing a snap in his first couple of seasons, 
He went from spot starter at left tackle in 2020 to the third highest graded player at that position last season. Uh, Cleveland comes in at number two, Detroit number three with what they've done uh, with Taylor Decker over at the left tackle position and Sewell over at the right tackle position. Tampa Bay number four. And then right there at number five is the Green Bay Packers. Health and development are both going to be massive for the Packers this offseason. And going into this season, David Bakhtiari played all 27 snaps in the Week 18 last year, in Week 18, and then missed the team's playoff loss while recovering from his 2022 or 2020 ACL tear. Elton Jenkins still working his way back through the ACL tear himself that he suffered in Week 11 against the Vikings. And at full strength, you're not going to find a better pass-protecting duo in the league, but will this unit actually be together? The question is, if they were starters and if they were healthy and if they were ready right now, would this offensive line, with Royce Newman being over at right guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon at left guard, with Bakhtiari and Jenkins on as your bookends, would this then be the most prolific offensive line in the NFL? And right now, with the health being what it is, it cannot be. Uh, number six would be Dallas. Number seven, New England. Eight, Cincinnati, who has upgraded the most improved offensive line in the NFL, at least on paper. Uh, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, and all representing significant upgrades over that craptastic offensive line from last year that got him to the Super Bowl. Kansas City at number nine, then Indianapolis at number 10 is the way things round out as far as ranking offensive lines uh, going into this season. Uh, the team that might pr- prove to be the most prolific against the Green Bay Packers would be, then be Tampa Bay. Uh, Donovan Smith, Luke Gedke, uh, Ryan Jensen, Shaq Mason, Tristan Wirfs. That's a strong front. Strong front. We mentioned Dallas with uh, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith. Um, you got Zach Martin, who's still just a beast over there when he's healthy. So. They're going to be good. New England, obviously, but then Cincinnati, Kansas City, and then Indianapolis. Uh, then the Rams come in at number nine, or come in at number eleven. Uh, but after that, you get to that high end potential, but not great yet. Is the 49ers at uh, number fourteen? Um, and I'm talking NFC teams at this point. And then after that, you get at least one good tackle. Brings them the honorable mention would be the Minnesota Vikings at number nineteen. Uh, you got the Saints, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Arizona does not have a good offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, which could end up costing them a spot in the postseason if indeed that West proves to be as tough as it looks. Uh, and then it kind of goes from there because you got the problem. The, the one thing, Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders, but the Raiders are listed as a problematic offensive front. Colton Miller, Denzel Good. Andre James, uh, uh, Farum, or Parham, I should say, Leatherwood. The Raiders can easily outplay this ranking if, indeed, it all comes together. Uh, It's going to be all up to Alex uh, Leatherwood's development in in that front. And then you got the Bears at 31st. 31st. While there's some reason for optimism from Chicago's two second-year tackles and the leaps they could make, the optimism isn't based on what they put on tape last year. Uh, because it just it, it wasn't good. They believe they can go nowhere but up, which is good, but they're already ranked at 31st overall. Anyway, so not a great start for the Chicago Bears by any stretch. 
877-867-1670. Just, uh, well, just, it just came out a few moments ago, so I figured I'd bring it up. That the Packers' offensive line ranks really high, but they rank high only for the fact that they're, they're basing it off what Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins can both do, and they're ranked a little low because we don't know what they can do. So there's some optimism there that they both can get healthy and be serviceable, or at least back to form, but uh, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. Um, uh, Jason says, by the way, going back to the Adirondack chairs, he says, Sicko and PPG both have really good water-resistant stains uh, for Adirondack chairs. Sicko? I've never heard of Sicko. S-I-C-O? I guess that's how I'm pronouncing it. Sicko? I have no idea. Ben, you're the stain master. Mm-hmm. Any idea? My knowledge no idea. does not go that deep. Okay. I've just unboxed many an Adirondack chair. He says Seco or Seco Prolux Golden Stain. So that's what he said. Put on your Adirondack chairs. So, Chris, for uh, for the question that you were asking, I have no idea, but there you go. No idea. 877 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, if you want to find us. Feel free again, 877-867-1670. Uh, what else do we have here? This is um, this is Mark. Mark said, oh, no, I already read that. Alan, Alan asks, uh, if Elton Jenkins is not healthy, who are the Green Bay Packers going to go with? Well, you don't forget, you still have Yash Nyman. Now, he played left tackle for Bakhtiari. Can he convert over and go to right tackle if indeed he needs to? Don't forget, they also drafted Zach Tom. Not that you're going to turn it over to a rookie, but if he proves to be solid, you can maybe go in that direction if you absolutely had to. Royce Newman will be your starting right guard. Probably backing him up would be Cole Van Lannan. Um, But, yeah, if you had to go in that direction, Yash Nyman might be the guy that you would go in. Um, and by the way, Rick says it's Seekins. The uh, S-I-K-E-N-S is the stain wood preservative. You can go with that, too. Oh, there you go. All kinds of helpful tips coming out of the woodwork today. Pardon the pun. It's <laughs> why we get paid the big bucks. It's why we get paid the big bucks. Um, but, you no, know, look, as of right now, where you're really in trouble is if Elton Jenkins is ready to come back and David Bakhtiari has any kind of a setback with that knee, and then you start to go, whoa, wait a minute, because then Yash Nyman moves into left tackle, probably Zach Tom, at least he would be on your depth chart on paper at this point, would be your backup right tackle if you had to do that. But let's not uh, let's not cross that, that bridge just yet because um, – while Elton Jenkins, I don't expect to be back in probably till October. Um, Matt LaFleur wanted to put it to bed. Not going to answer any more questions about David Bakhtiari. He's going to be back. They expect him back for training camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody ever said, all is well with the world. They just kind of nodded their head and said, yeah, uh, David Bakhtiari is a football player, and he plays football because he wears a helmet. There you go. That was it. <laughs> um. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey, uh, we were up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Terrific place called Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, it's in Peshtigo. And over the weekend, had a chance to share some of the wines that we picked up up there. 
with some friends and it, it rave reviews from everybody, including the brown sugar and cinnamon cider. Oh, my goodness. If you're a cider drinker at all, you got to go in that direction. Wisconsin's not snobby. They're not snooty. Nobody's pretentious. They've won awards. They've won some really big awards, but they're like, look, hey, if you want to put ice in your white wine, do it. If you want to have chilled red wine, do it. If you want to drink white wine with, with meat, do it. You're good. Don't worry about it. Going after it, just all you got to do is enjoy it. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. Forgotten Fire Winery. You can see all that they have to offer at ForgottenFireWinery.com. But highly recommend that if you're going to go in that direction, that you can also look for some of these wines at your local grocery stores, wine shops, liquor stores, and such. Really, Right here in Wisconsin, made by Wisconsinites. Jake's a great guy, the master winemaker up there. Great guy, passionate about the wines at ForgottenFireWinery.com. Again, ForgottenFireWinery.com. Really good people. Great place. A lot of fun. I recommend going there. But if you can't go there, bring it home to you. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. Again, ForgottenFireWinery.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I was in the conversation the entire time. Devontae and I have, uh, you know, been close friends over the years. So I was in the conversations with him. We had, you know, many heart-to-hearts. And ultimately, you know, he felt like he wanted to be in Las Vegas and uh, asked me to help him get there. So I was obviously disappointed, but not going to stand in his way, you know, as he pursues the next step in his career. But yeah, I love Devontae, and I wish him, I like truly wish him well. You know, sometimes you say you wish people well, and you're like, I truly wish Devontae well. I love him uh, like a brother, and I'm pr- I appreciate everything that we accomplished together. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Aaron Rodgers says he was in contact with Devontae, and uh, the question today on the Four Letter Network was uh, because Aaron Rodgers took so long to make his decision, did that ultimately play into Devontae's decision to leave? And uh, well, just, uh, just another way to try to figure out in some way, shape, or form to blame Aaron Rodgers for, uh, for for losing Devontae Adams. Joining me here in studio uh, is our buddy Mike Clements. How you been, man? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Um, I've had fun so far during these OTAs and mini camp for whatever reason. You know, good weather. Um, very impressed by this, uh, this draft class, just in terms of talking to these guys, yeah. talking football. That part's been exciting. But, you know... I didn't. Th- I thought a month ago. All right, it, we're done. They traded him. We've moved on. Uh, Devonte gave us some reasons the first time I was gone, and yet you keep on hearing from listeners that say, "How did the Packers screw that up?" Right. How did is this Brian Gutekunst? Is this the kind of the stuff that Rogers was complaining about that he doesn't have a contact with these? How did they not know that Devonte Adams eventually wanted out? And even if you, I mean, and why didn't they give him a, a deal last year rather than let this fester instead of, you know, and why do you have these two star players, your quarterback and your leading receiver have to put up a, you know, a, a little picture on social media of the last dance with Jordan and Pippen? Why, why did the management let this linger? That's, that's people asking me that, like, they still want more digging out of this. The, do you think... And and just my outside looking in on this is, did Devontae just – because he just didn't want to come back. He didn't want to just be here for two years of Aaron Rodgers and then Jordan Love. 
He's got gold jacket in mind. And I think he was very specific when he said that in regards to his press conference with the Raiders. I, You're right. I look at it as it's it's not a matter of whether Gutekunst wanted to keep him or not. I think it was just he's looking at what's best for him. I, you, you said it exactly there. Last year it was, all right, I'll try one more time for a Super Bowl. Right. And, you know, he, he didn't know that John Gruden was going to get fired, and he didn't know that they were going to hire Josh McDaniels. Sure. And he didn't know all this other stuff was going to go on. By the way, I was watching – the Raiders and the Chargers play, I believe it was week 18. They were in overtime, and if both these teams tie, they both get in and the Steelers are out. Right. But if the Raiders, who had now have the ball with 30 seconds left, go for it, um, the Chargers are over, and the Steelers still have a chance to get in. So it was a very and, – and you know who the head coach is there calling the game? Rich Bisaccia. Mm-hmm. And there's Derek Carr playing for the win. Yeah. And and some of those weapons he's got now that defense is uh, in Las Vegas has got things to to contend with, but you know with their tight end and now adding adding Devontae Adams and they just signed their other wide receiver to a big deal, um, the Raiders they could have some fun there with right. him, but you know Devontae was asked in this press conference at the Raiders mini camp the other day, you know how how do you I know you played with him in college but. How much chemistry do you really have with Derek Carr? And he says, this has been going on for years. We we were working out together for the first six years of, of our you know NFL career anyway because we lived right down the street from each other once I moved up to Danville. So, I mean, we were throwing probably three times a week for, you know, five, six years. So, um, had about a two-year gap when, when they, you know, the team moved out here. But... Uh, basically picked up where we left off and you know we both are so committed and and obsessive over our craft to where um, you know even today I messed something up at the end of practice you know uh, just a, a subtle thing and we go back out there after to go you know I just want to feel that and do because that's the way we did it before anytime you know if he didn't if he didn't like a ball he threw in a period he had me go stand in a spot that I would that I would have been catching the ball and then he'll fire it until you know he liked how he threw it which is usually you know one more pass but um, when you got two dudes that have worked together and already built up a lot of camaraderie and, you know, have a close friendship, I feel like that makes it so much easier kind of getting back and gelling, um, you know, the way you were before. And since Devontae Adams is now with the Raiders, he will also add in, boy, man, Josh McDaniels. I'd heard about him when we was with the Patriots. Yeah. He's got routes in his playbook. We didn't run in Green Bay. I always thought that the route stem had nine routes on it. Right. Uh, apparently, Josh McDaniels got 10, 11, 12, and 13 to add to it <laughs> as well. So so he's excited about that. Is he going to have a Super Bowl? You know, Probably whatever. Not. It's like what you said. His next objective is Canton. So yeah. keep those numbers going. And for the next four or five years, instead of this, I don't know if I'm going to be back, be back in a year or two. That's exactly why. From the football standpoint, why he made that decision when it was you know the discussion was did you keep in touch with Aaron and he was talking about yeah you know what, what was going on Aaron said he knew what was going on with him which I still to this day find a little bit weird because Aaron kept talking about signing Devonte to McAfee and if he knew that he wasn't coming back then why was he talking about signing Devonte to McAfee yeah and also why was he throwing as he said 80 percent of his plays were called for Devonte right I mean, these guys were helping each other out. Yeah. They were each bringing up their, their market and at the same time winning football games. Yep. yep. Uh, so so Devontae addressed that situation as well in terms of his contact 
with Aaron Rodgers since this has all gone down? We've talked multiple times, and you know we talked throughout the whole process too. And he was he was aware of uh, you know where I stood, and I was aware of where he stood. And we we had talks just like what he said um, the other day. He mentioned we had talks about his future and what he what he thinks his his duration in Green Bay or just football in general would look like. And you know that played into into my decision as well because you know where I'm in my career. Um, you know, and this isn't a shot at anybody. Any other quarterbacks are, you know, on the, in Green Bay. You know, I love Jordan Love, especially. He's a he's a great guy. But, you know, I just I got I got aspirations of doing really really big things and and being remembered. And I just you know it just it wasn't really a point in my career that I was willing to to sacrifice. Um, you know, Aaron not being there. You know, after a year or two. So um, my decision was to be here and, and he respected that. He understood that, you know, it has a lot to do with where I want to raise my, my kids, you know, family being closer to home. I mentioned that to you guys when I first came up here, you know, I hadn't, my, my grandparents never seen me play in eight years. So to be able to have my family closer and, you know, the, the suites are a lot more expensive here, but now I can have all the pack the suite out with the family and, uh, and, and kind of do that whole thing. So. But yeah, we've had a lot of good talks, man. He he understands where I, where I'm coming from. I understood where he was coming from, so we kind of just left it at that. That that's an incredibly loud statement, and for him to say another year or two with Aaron, which if he says what he's what I think he's saying, he's like, look, we've been in contact. Aaron says maybe another year or two, and then I'm I might be walking away. And Devonte said. No offense to Jordan, he's a great guy, but I just drove over him. Yes, and I th- he's not the guy. No, he's not the guy, and, no, and we've all known it. And and nobody no. just wants to call it out. He's not going to say it. He's a great guy, but I'm not hanging around for that. And I'm not I'm not going to get a gold jacket catching passes from this guy. No. So two things. One is, do we really think that with that three year contract at fifty million a year that it, Rogers is here for May one for sure? Maybe two? You know, and Aaron said that, uh, I want want to clarify that this deal he's got is a one-two-one deal. Did you hear him say that? No. Yeah, it's a one-two-one deal. Like, he could play this year. Then if he, uh, you know, gets to the next option, then it's a two-year deal. Then it's a one-year after that. Uh, He he described it that way. You know, it's beyond. (laughs) No one's just talking about, let's win a Super Bowl. Right. How we hey how are we gonna let's how are we gonna win a Super Bowl now without uh, without Devonte Adams now today we got business done and we got Alan Lazard signed yeah and you know people say well probably he'll be the you know the number one receiver now I think it'll be Randall Cobb because even Aaron Rodgers at his locker the other day said I'm okay he says these young receivers I got Randall Cobb in that receivers room he'll talk him up he'll 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 tell them what they need yeah. to know, what Aaron says needs until I get back here for training camp. So we're good. So I mean, he's already depending on, and he's got Tom Clements. You know, Aaron has a tight circle of trust, and so he, he got that with his quarterback coach. He's got that with his wide receiver and at Randall Cobb. That, that's probably one of the reasons it was such a thing of urgency to get Randall Cobb in here last year because he thought mm-hmm. this could be it for Devonte Adams. And everybody talks about well, they, they can have more of a running game. What running game did you see in the second half against the 49ers? There wasn't any. Especially after A.J. Dillon went down. First of all, you don't have a run-blocking offensive line. No, no, you've got to beat up. I can't tell you who the starting offensive line is right now because half of the pro bowlers are over there in the rehab group on the exercise machine. Does Josh Nyman, if Elton Jenkins doesn't start the season, which I don't believe he's going to, Josh Nyman become your right tackle? 
I don't I don't know if Bakhtiari is going to be able to start. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not believing anything yeah. until I see him until I see 69 right. on the field in pads. So I talked to James Jones yesterday uh, after the softball game, and I went right up to him and I said, "All right, here's we are where we are now. Do you really think that the the Green Bay Packers can still can still be considered a Super Bowl contender in 2022?" Well, I mean, whenever you got 12, the Super Bowl is always the limit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shoot, they got an opportunity to go win the whole thing. I think the way this team is built with what they did in the draft, you know, bringing in certain guys in free agency, I think it's super bust every year for the Packers, especially when you got arguably the greatest to ever do it under center. So that will always be my goal, and I know it's theirs. I remember one time, though, Randall was out, had been drafted, and people expected Randall to be out there week one, and Jordy said, Wide receivers in Green Bay, man. You play special teams first, yeah. then you get out there. Yeah. But has that got to change this year? Well, I think this is a different era, though. You know what I mean? Randall came in when Donald Driver was there, Greg Jennings was there, James Jones was there, Jordy Nelson was there. So the room was kind of packed up. So, you know, he had to kind of get in where he fit in, you know, and make some plays and kind of earn some playing time. Now you get these young rookies coming in, you know, shoot, Devontae Adams gone. It's kind of like which guy's going to step up and be that playmaker, you know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit wide open nowadays, you know what I mean? So you may this year see, you know, them guys not playing a lot on special teams because they're having a big role on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see. I think uh, (laughs) you need Christian Watson, you need – Romeo Dubs, you need those guys to it, it be it, at the very least between them to get 75, 80 passes between them. And maybe a free agent to be named. But as we all, yeah, well, that's the other thing. But as we all know, like Puxatawney Phil comes up and sees his shadow, there's an injury waiting for Randall Cobb. Right. You know, we all know that. Right. Let's do this. We've got Mike Clemens in studio. Stay tuned. Stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Brings the unity in, right? They're getting ready. They have one month left before they really kick off the season, and so it's uh, it's exciting for them. You know, it shows that they they, they want to be a team and they want to be united together to go out and uh, prove to them that um, they're just one step away from being in the bowl. And so I'm excited to watch. I cheer for them every single weekend. So it's uh, it's going to be another exciting year. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show. A couple of segments to go before we get out of here. Joining us in studio, uh, Mike Clemens here. And uh, as we get ready to, uh, we got our big, uh, big soiree, if you want to call it that. We're just heading out to Madison to say hi to people and show our faces yet again. But you were in, uh, in, in up in Appleton for the, uh, for the softball game. Which always sells out. It's always a huge event. It's it's for charity and such. I mean, it's it's always fun. Yeah, but this was crazy because the capacity for the Timberwolves at your Fox Cities Stadium over there in Grand Chute, just what is that, west of Appleton, is fifty nine hundred. They announced over seven thousand twenty one. Mm-hmm. So it was packed. Right. It was really well run. Beautiful day, sunny yeah. and oh, seventy one. Oh, yesterday was beautiful. Yeah, just gorgeous. Everybody was in a good mood. I think it's another one of these things that were like everybody was like, they wanted this. They wanted to be back to doing this kind of activity mm-hmm. because it's such a great family activity. So for years, the format in this Packers softball game has been offense against defense. Right. So Donald Driver and Brian Lammy, you know, his marketing agent right. you're friends with, um, let's, let's change it up a little bit. Let's go legends, former Packers, mm-hmm. against the Stars. 
So Driver brought back Antonio Freeman, Nick Collins, Amon Green was there, James Jones hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jermichael Finley yeah. went yard, you know. Right. Uh, Mike Daniels was there. How about that? Really? Mike Daniels played. Good for him. Yeah, after, you know, being unceremoniously cut was it two yeah. summers ago. Because he went to Detroit, Detroit and ended up in Cincinnati. And he was trying, yeah, and he was trying to get into maybe Dallas with uh, McCarthy, and mm-hmm. McCarthy didn't return his calls. Nick Barnett was there. Nick Barnett was there. And then the stars were the current Packers, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, are the two running backs. Those guys, their, their names are also as part of I think there's kind of a handoff going on. Maybe Driver will pass it on to them. Mm-hmm. But Driver told the crowd, I am told you I'd come back after my career, you know, and after Dancing right. with the Stars. And he has, year after year. Huge re- fundraisers with the foundation. Uh, Rich Basaccia, the special teams coach, he came in in a little <laughs> pitching relief. A little pitching relief. He actually gave up a couple of those home runs. John Runyon, the left guard, he crushed one in the top of the first inning for three runs. Cole Van Lannan, the kid from Wisconsin, right. um, he actually, I think he scored the winning run, showed a little speed. And uh, Pat O'Donnell, the new punter, he was part of the Stars, you know, the current team. Yeah. And uh, and LaFleur was out there, too. Mike had a chance, as a matter of fact, to catch up with Matt LaFleur after uh, Matt LaFleur's team beat Donald Driver's team yesterday in the charity softball. And here's what he had to say. Hey, Matt, nice 5-4 win today for the Stars over the Legends. John Runyon with the three-run homer. Uh, Cole Van Lannan with some pretty fast base for us in there. What were your favorite parts of the game? That nobody got injured. That right. That pickle with Aaron Jones kind of concerned me a little bit. but yeah. uh, Or A.J. Yeah. Dillon running for the double, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling these guys to slow down. Pat O'Donnell out there running full speed. I'm like, just nobody get hurt. Right. And Rich Bisaccia coming in for lead pitching today. How about that? I was really hoping he didn't get hurt. So, But now you did a great job. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of people out here, and it's for a good cause. And uh, It's just it's good to connect with these guys outside of the office, outside of Lambeau, and so they can kind of see as a normal person. Not only your players, but the alumni too, right? Oh, absolutely. There's so many Packer legends over there that, you know, we've got a lot of respect for, and it's just good to finally meet some of these guys. See you at OTAs. All right, sounds good, Mike. There you go. That's uh, Mike Clemens with uh, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, yesterday. So uh, Rich Passaccia in special duty, we'll say. Uh, a high-paid relief pitcher yeah. on the softball team <laughs> yeah. after signing the contract, and they went, oh, yeah, maybe we should pay attention That's to special teams. That's a great teams. point. He's, he's making about as much as some of the guys in the Brewers' bullpen. Right? right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, when you talk about the legends, the guy that's always... Do you always... think they do that? Do you think they sit down with Russ Ball and say, you know, we need help here on special teams and on the softball team? And on the softball team. Is he a lefty? Because right? we need yeah. a left-handed hitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when you get a guy back like Jermichael Finley, who has been outspoken at times, um, not always to the positive, um, but it's, it's interesting, um, that he is still well-received. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there's some people that had some ugly things to say on social media, like, well, what is he there for? Right. But, and, you know, Jermichael has stepped out. Uh, of line a few times, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that he and Greg Jennings have said that have some truth to them. They do have truth to them. And, you know, and we're not trying to 
go through the trash of the Green Bay Packers. We're just trying to tell you the truth right. as best what's really going on. And somewhere there in the middle lies the accurate truth. So, you know, Jermichael, man, the, the first thing, though, that a lot of the fans said was just still looking at Jermichael Finley standing out there at six foot six and that huge upper body, they're just like, God, you what wish could that have guy been? was still playing. Yeah. He's just massive. And the hands and the speed, and he crushed one. He crushed one mm-hmm. out of the ballpark and, and ran around the bases for another one. So he still looks like he's in pretty good shape. So, you know, he recognized me from your show. Mm-hmm. And immediately came over after the final out, you know, and, and here's Jermichael Finley coming up to your boy Clemens after the game. Hey, what's up, bro? My guy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Had a single, then I had uh, two run home. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, other than that, man, it was awesome to be out here, see the fans, uh, see old, you know I mean, old, old friends and old uh, teammates and whatnot. So, and, and giving back to a great cause, man. Uh, like, what a day. What else do you get out of seeing your old teammates or meeting the, some of the current players? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, you know what I mean? I done met um, Jones before. Um, and what, who was good to me was uh, Coach Lafar. He, he was awesome. Um, wish I would have played for him. He's a coach, uh, player's coach, and man, what a great guy. Um, and, and he's very hip to the game as far as off the field and how to treat guys. So I'm a big fan of Matt. One day, Jordy was in the locker room, and I think maybe Devontae was a rookie or something, but he said, hey, receivers, man, they got to place teams yeah. before we put them out there. <laughs> but this year, you know, they lost three veterans with Devontae. Yeah, and, and so do you think they're going to have to put some of these rookies on the field this year? Absolutely. Uh, they're going to have to play some rookies this year. Some guys got to step up. Um, and and uh, the phrase of the NFL is the next man up. Um, and, and what a chance the, the rookies have. I, I can't wait to see these guys uh, play. I'm going to be down a lot this year. How you doing, Jermichael? What's, where are you up to these days? Uh, I'm doing awesome, man. I run a company. It's called Elevate You. Uh, where I train kids all around the country. Um, tight ends, too, also. Uh, and I got five, five boys myself, um, which you'll probably be seeing in the NFL here pretty soon. There you go. Five kids coming up. So hopefully one of them can play tight end for the uh, Green Bay Packers at some point. Because had he not gone down with a neck injury, he was just starting to play really well. Oh, and by the way, when they were introducing LaFleur's team, uh, they rattle off the names, you know, Aaron Jones, and he gets introduced and runs out there. And A.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon. Then they announced Robert Tunyon. And I'm like, what? What? Right. I'm looking up and like, and nobody came out. Like, so for some reason... The public address announcer at you know Fox City Stadium had Tunyon on his list. I'm like, that'll be interesting to see because I just saw Tunyon last week, and he's still hobbling around on the rehab machine. Yeah, you got Tunyon with a torn ACL. You got Elton Jenkins over there standing and just watching at the mandatory mini camp. You know, you're, you're probably he should be your right tackle, right? Along with uh, Bakhtiari at left tackle. You got Bakhtiari not even on the exercise machine. You got uh, your kick returner from last year, Kylan Hill, and your third running back, mm-hmm. he's coming back from an ACL. Yeah, that's he's going to be an interesting roster uh, you got, guy. You got um, – well, and, and Patrick Taylor played in that game yesterday, the third running back that okay. they elevated from practice squad. Uh, you got Dean Lowry, uh, who's been sitting out the last couple of weeks for OTAs and minicamp, and undisclosed, but some kind of a leg thing. Cause, so it's just – I'm just saying, that's unusual to see that many guys, particularly with these – what usually takes a year to get over an ACL mm-hmm. over there on the, uh, you know, on the exercise machines. And, 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 you know, obviously there'll be question marks and on the PUP when we start in six weeks here 
at training camp. Yeah, I can't believe we're only six weeks away. Yeah. That's that's the most amazing thing. So uh, there was one other guy that showed up yesterday. Um, you want to talk about him next? Yeah. Let's do this. We're going to talk about that guy, other guy that showed up yesterday. and he, That's coming up next. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Another segment, Mike Clemens joining me here in studio. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse. See uh, Joey right there on Blue Mountain Road in, uh, in Waukesha. Go in and tell them we said hi. they got bocce ball coming up tonight. Bocce ball Wednesday nights as well. And some good Italian food on the west side of town. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show on this Monday. A little bit of a rainy Monday. Got some weather rolling through, and after that, it's hot. Looking forward to the heat, though. Don't mind that at all. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us here in studio. And uh, the guy that uh, happened to make an appearance was a guy that uh, wasn't talking a whole lot to the media. Got some things hanging over his head right now, but Brett Favre was in town. The guy who came up with the charity softball game back yeah. in, I think, in 99. The originator. Uh, I remember in 2005 uh, when it, when it ended up being Mike Sherman's last year and you know concerns if the team was going to be able to get back to the playoffs and how much more Brett wanted to play. And so after the game, he held one of those 20 30-minute conversations back and forth, just sitting there on the bench, you know, with 40 media people around them. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, uh, this might be a little different today. Yeah. (laughs) So so Donald announced about three weeks ago that Brett Favre is indeed going to come to our softball game. So he was booked for the AmFam uh, golf tournament on Saturday, played with Jeter and, uh, you know, part of the celebrity portion of that. And then he did a press conference after that. And I heard him say that he had he was having back troubles. And Ben Ben Kenny, were you at that press conference or were you at that tournament? I was at the tournament and the press conference. Yeah, he said his back to back had been acting up. His exact words when asked if he like should be playing softball, he said, No, but I'll regret it later. Yeah. Now did they did they have like a moderator or did they let people from the media ask questions? There was no moderator. It was just the media. But there was no real Packer-related or controversy with the Mississippi stuff-related Nobody questions. brought up Mississippi? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, because, I mean, the, the, the Mississippi thing, this story broke last year when, you know, he uh, had uh, allegedly done appearances or was supposed to do appearances and never performed them. He said, they never called me, mm-hmm. you know, and they said, well, you know, pay this money back. And then another story came out like, yeah, he still owes them half a million dollars. He's taking a long time to pay back the state of Mississippi. And then a story broke about, well, five weeks ago. I mean, you yeah. had this on the show that, oh, they've got texts of Brett Favre saying, I can't believe this is the easiest money I've ever yeah. had. And they were withdrawing money from some fund that he was funneling to volleyball programs, other athletic yeah. programs. But it was not intended for Brett Favre to become the director of athletics for Mississippi. It's or God knows where else the money is going, yeah. and it doesn't look good at all. And it, it in one of those texts, it even says that he wants a certain amount of money. He said, "I wanted this. This is what I, you know." And it, it just, uh, I don't remember specifically how it was worded, but basically, it looked bad. Like he was saying, "Hey, I want to be paid this." I think there's connections to the governor down there. So, yeah. But in the meantime, I know that Brett's been booked to do, you know, more radio uh, hits during this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So anyway, uh, Brett does the golf tournament yesterday, says the back is bothering him, understood. Uh, he came out, was introduced, uh, got standing ovation, shaking hands there with um, with Donald Driver and Antonio and Nick Collins and Amon Green and James Jones and Jermichael, mm-hmm. all these guys. Uh, Brett uh, got to the plate. I think they actually designated a runner for him, and he kind of hit one to the second base and it got thrown out. He pitched a couple of innings. And then, and then, you know, got to be like the top of the third. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're out in the field like, okay, they made a pitching change. And like, and we're, we're all kind of looking around. It's like, hey, where's Favre? Oh, uh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he took one swing of the bat. Yeah. Pitched a couple of pitches. Right. Out the door. Yep. Back on the plane. Talk back, to you later. See ya. Yeah. Adios. Good night, yeah. everybody. Yep. Hey. But everybody, you know. Everybody appreciated that he was there. They got pictures of him during the national anthem, you yeah. know, once or twice there at the plate. But, yeah, <laughs> Elvis, yeah. Elvis has left, left the, the building. Left the building, yeah. <laughs> not answering any questions. No. Don't know anything more about what's had, happening down in Kiln or anything like that. So, yeah, out the door. So uh, now that uh, we've, 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 we're have we've six weeks away from training camp, we, you and I were talking uh, both on the air and off the air, the offensive line's still in, in flux and in question. Um. This team, Mike, is still picked to be one of the Super Bowl contenders. I think some of it might be because the NFC has gotten weaker, uh, but you still have contenders. You still have the Rams. You still have the Cowboys. You still have the Buccaneers, all very good teams. They should win the division almost going away. Um, but the like you said, we're not talking about Super Bowls. We're not talking about where they're at. I've said I don't give a damn about anything else other than this postseason time and again because it's just it, it's just all semantics, but – what is the state of the Packers right now? Do we is first, it in a good first, place? First, let's go around the horn. You know, I don't think the the Lions with one win are going to get that much better under Dan Campbell, but they've they've got some weapons there. They, of course, they lost their quarterback. They're trying to put a team around Justin Fields. Wayne Larrabee told me he's been talking to his buddies in Chicago. You know, he's been lined up as a third wide receiver on the first team. Equinemia St. Brown. Equinemia St. Brown. And Kevin O'Connell is a new offensive coach, and so they've got some players up there with Minnesota that you know were, were tired. It was done; they were done with Mike Zimmer, so they got a fresh message up there. And you know, they've still got uh, Kirk Cousins and that gang. So we'll see what happens. But there's a listen. I am genuinely excited to see what Christian Watson can do at wide receiver, even Romeo Dubs. I am excited to see if Amari Rogers can bring it in the second season. They hung on to Malik Taylor. And to Jawan Winfrey, who's kind of an MVS kind of build for a mm-hmm. reason in the offseason, they've been working with those guys. On defense, I mean, Quay Walker is, I can hardly wait to see this dude in pads because right. he's so quick. And alongside Devondre Campbell, they can do, Joe Barry can do so many more different things. He can keep three guys on the line and two linebackers instead of what they've had to do with, you know, flooding that with more coverage. Quay Walker can cover people. I've right. seen Quay Walker take off against speedy uh, running backs and and swat the ball away 35 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the linebacker position has done that in no. Bay in a long in a time. long time. That stuff gets gets you excited when you know the, those are things we get to see about three days into training camp in July. I uh, I I get asked all the time: Is this, is it a top five defense? I think it can be. Uh, I think it has to be healthy. I'm anxious to see what Jair is going to bring to the table after basically having a year off, even though he did get into that last game. 
Obviously, can Stokes take that next step? Uh, because if he can, holy mackerel, this might be the best secondary in football. Yeah, and the, the simplest answer I have to that is that when I see if Jair's 100% and can hold on one corner, and then you've got Eric Stokes on the other, and Eric Stokes has a great rookie season. Rasul Douglas at the nickel, that reminds me of Tremont. That re- reminds me of Sam Shields and Charles Woodson. Yep. I mean, no, there's no Charles Woodson in the secondary, but that's a start in terms right. of your coverage. And two great safeties in the back end, that's going to shut down some passing attacks. That's it. Mike's in studio. Time for us to get out of here. We're going to actually head to Madison for a little bit and have a soiree there this afternoon, this evening, and then head back. But uh, good to have you all with us. And don't forget, you got NBA basketball tonight, 8 Central. Brewers are off tonight. Back at it tomorrow in New York. Until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.